What's up, guys? Welcome back to the S3 Magazine podcast. Today, we've got Sean Bassett. We're going to talk about his Carbon Z right there he's got behind him. Uh, stick around. <laughs> All right, guys. Welcome back to the S3 Magazine podcast. We've got Sean Bassett here. Uh, he's got a beautiful Carbon Z that we featured um, on one of our issues, I think it was two issues ago. Um, yes. Sounds about right. I mean, beautiful thing. We got Tim Neely back. What's good, man? Glad to have you back. Willie. Oh, Jesse it's here. always good to be here. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on the having me on. I just, you know, have this, you know, beautiful Ooh. magazine right oh, here. Oh yeah. Ooh. Got a nice little feature in here. Oh we. Which one? Which one are you in, Sean? Are you yeah, in the I'm last on... magazine on earth? Oh, I'm just no. I'm just on this one. Ooh, oh, that's the one. Oh, we. That's right. Yeah. Yo, that was a fun shoot. I, Dude, I, I appreciate you coming out. That was that really was uh, a lot of fun, and we didn't break the car. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. like in a rare twist of events. <laughs> now, hold on. So, okay, yeah. Is Sean, you're from Jacksonville, or are you live? Uh, I'm originally from uh, Tallahassee, moved to Jacksonville when I was younger, and uh, now I live in Orlando area. Oh, okay. So I'm from Jacksonville originally, but... Nice. Al's Pizza? Tear that up? Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm from the Dirty Duval, the 904. I have a bunch of friends who I think still work at Al's Pizza, but a lot of them work at Al's Pizza for a long time. Buddy Chris Wilder drug me out there pretty much every night, so... Okay. Tim's from Ohio. <laughs> I dream. I used to dream of Al's Pizza, like for real. <laughs> Al's Pizza was like a dream for me. <laughs> we'll make it down there. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Let's get into it. Sean, you've got a ridiculous carbon Z. And okay, so I saw this. The first time I saw this was at the Toyo Tire Tread Pass SEMA 2018. It was my first SEMA. Um, and flooded around all these, you know, beautiful cars. I see this carbon Z over here. Um, we can start. What what what's going on with that thing? Like that's insane. Like it's perfection at every single bit. You want to kind of talk about that a little bit? It's my first uh, SEMA as well, which was uh, pr- pretty crazy to not only go to SEMA for the first time, have your car be there, but also be in the tread pass. I mean, Toyo's been a great partner of mine for pretty much since the get go. Um, but yeah, it was I mean surrounded by a bunch of you know crazy cars. I yeah, didn't didn't know if my car was it, you know it's you know it's not a show car, but it you know the saying is every race car is a show car. But you know like I was gonna have my car right next to real show cars and people you know spend some serious money and time and effort. So I really wasn't quite sure how I'd stack up, but um, we did really good. I entered in a, a battle of the builders, and I think I got it was. Um, I got just got knocked off for I guess I was an import, which, yeah, okay. uh, which is which is interesting, but um, all good. But yeah, I was just it was crazy to even go. I think I got top six or something like that, and thousands of cars for. Uh, so, you know. okay, so 2018 was your first SEMA ever, and you go yep. with a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, how how, how <laughs> did you full send? How yeah, yeah. yeah. how did no you um, did you trailer the car? Did you have it shipped out there, or how how did all like what were your nerves like? I mean, if somebody asked me if I wanted to take a car to SEMA, I've been going for fifteen or sixteen years, and I would still be all unraveled and full of nerves, trying to like figure out how to get it there, and worried that something would go wrong, and you'd let people down, like. What's it like going when you don't even know what the hell you're going yeah. to, or what the layout <laughs> yeah. be like? Right? I mean, that's it's very true. So uh, I I built the car. Um, so prior going to SEMA, I you know, long you know long story short, went to did a track day at the firm, and I saw a little two forty Z running around there. I was getting out of uh, two wheeled racing, getting into four wheeled racing. I was like, man, I'd love to have me a little two forty Z. Guy pulls in the pits. He's just having a blast. It's a stock car, just on slicks, and I mean, he's killing it out there. And just looks like he's having a ton of fun. Fast forward a week later, I've got an eleven hundred dollar two forty Z. It's a turd. Learned a lot about classic cars, um, and then uh, we have this stupid thing now. So, <laughs> so, so we're like probably it's it's January. 
coming up to SEMA, right? So I think, what's that, eight months out or something like that? Yeah. I'm working with a friend of mine, and his he works with Toyo, and they're looking for cars that are off off the radar that, like, kind of would blow up there type thing. Yeah, so, yeah. So, uh, you know, he's like, you know, would you be interested in going? And I kind of wanted to do SEMA, but, you know, my heart's racing, so it's 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 not a huge it's not as big of a deal to me so yeah, yeah. um so he's, they're like well you know i sent some renderings to toyo and like dude this thing's nuts um is this gonna actually be the car that shows up because they mm-hmm. a lot of cars at sema that the render far you know you know like it just isn't the same thing that shows up yeah. and uh uh, and I was like, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know any other way. I'm I'm not a SEMA car, you know, show car builder guy. This this is my race car that I'm gonna bring. So, uh, so January, they're like, yep, we're doing it. Your car is gonna be in the Toyo Tread Pass area. It's not gonna be in one of the featured spots. It's gonna be in the, the Tread Pass area. And like, I didn't. I've never been to SEMA, so I knew it was big, but I didn't really like understand like the scale of how big SEMA was. I do now, but it. I mean, it was, so it was probably good that I didn't know how big it was. <laughs> right. You know I mean, um, but I definitely had like a lot of pressure that like I knew like this is where all your top car builders and manufacturers go in one place. I knew it'd be a great opportunity to you know talk to a lot of you know potential partners and stuff like that. Um, but like I knew where I was going in the big guns. At, and so, yeah, January of um, 18, they said, uh, yep, you'll be in the booth. And it definitely hit me like it got really like the span of getting to SEMA was so quick. Like it yeah. took me three and a half years to build a car up to getting you know, the nod to go to, um, to SEMA. And then, um, man, I like that, that, that eight months was, I mean, seriously, I go to work, I come home five five thirty. To eleven, twelve every night, to and then all day Saturday, Sunday for eight months to get the car done, and wow. I just didn't, I just didn't want to show up to. I don't know. It's this is you know this is my thing. So I yeah. just, I just didn't want to show up and I don't know, like well, misrep- rep- misrepresent yourself or like disappoint. Well, I have heard so many people of cars showing up and they were just you know like half ass. <clears throat> I just yeah. didn't. I just didn't want to be that car and there's I didn't want to be that guy. There's a lot of glitz and glam, but like under the surface, those cars don't run or they're abortions or they've been taped together at the last minute. Right. But two things to add to that story. And the guy's name that's kind of been put in charge of Toyo Tread Pass, Stan. I don't. Is it Stan? Okay. Because yes. I know the Toyo Stan guys. And Carl. Okay. I know the Toyo guys real well on the marketing side and the PR side. Um, but one of the things, just for anybody that's listening, like the Toyo Tread Pass connects, like, what is it, the north and the south or east? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. It's the two a big performance hall, hall to, the, to the other big hall. Yeah, so it becomes, it's a shortcut, more or less, but it becomes this, this big, widely cut, probably 200 yards or something, and Toyo basically uh, makes a tread pass, you know, a pathway and lines it with cars. Now, yep. the big thing about this tread pass is these cars cannot be seen prior to tread pass so that was really you know, like, hard yeah yeah you can't be throwing it That's on social wild. media you can't yeah i don't know if you knew that jesse but like no. these cars can't be hitting social media or magazines or or anything like that it has to be secretive until it gets there so that's really dope the other thing about that that year that you were in toyo tread pass is i didn't know who the hell you were like we had never met i swear to you at least three people came to me over the course of sema where there's like a million people <laughs> like three people came up to me and was like yo do you know sean bassett and i was like no i don't think so and they're like okay okay he's got a carbon z orange wheels or whatever it was at the time and he was like you guys got you guys gotta go see that car because he's an awesome dude and you will love the story and he's like done this all on his own in his garage and this is not some big funded thing and it's totally s3 and it's totally s3 style so just the fact that like three people would come up to me in an event like that and and like vouch for you was like okay what the hell is going on with this guy that that's just weird like that's just weird that like people would keep you know circling back to that car so i don't know i thought that was pretty rad man like and and that's it was, part of the story, the, right? probably one of the craziest experiences of my life i mean it, you know i i mean i think everyone works on their car all the way up to sema i mean oh, yeah. i worked 
my car all the way till I mean, like I was putting decals on the night before. I just think the difference from mine was is it was, you know, we we had a like a finished product. You know, what yeah, I mean? yeah. We hadn't well, like t- tuned the car and got it like really like running, running, but uh, you know, like it it was all there, and um, I think that's my little regret is I, I wish I could have. You know, we we had like a built motor and stuff like that. It just wasn't ready to. We just didn't have time to get it tuned and all that stuff like that. So we chose yeah, yeah. to push it in and out, um, which really like irks me to this day. Yeah, um, but yeah. It, I mean, that was it. Was it catapulted my name, which I don't know what that's worth. But uh, you know, I think it was it was cool to get recognition as a dude who built you know, and for all intents and purposes, that car in a little seven hundred fifty square foot pole barn i had to build the shop to build the car you know what i mean and and uh yeah <laughs> that's it was, awesome it's pretty crazy yeah so again if people are listening like and correct me if i'm wrong but like this is true garage build like which yeah. is again it's significant because of how radical the car is and how like well put together it all is but like and how on purpose everything kind of is. Usually garage builds, you just kind of go with the flow and kind of, you know, whatever. But, like, to, to go from never being at SEMA and and picking up a car for $1,000 and 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 building it in your garage and then getting to that level, that is pretty, like, a unicorn. Like, that is pretty unique. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that doesn't happen. SEMA things are usually kind of planned out from the get-go, like before the car's acquired or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's part of the plans. Um, and it's usually well, built I, by people that have so many connections that, like, yeah. exactly. it's, going, it's going to SEMA. You know, like, hey, yeah. I'm going to get this car. We're going to build it. It's going to go to SEMA, you know, and, and yours was not really like that. No, mine was built for the racetrack, and it just so happened to go to the SEMA on the way. So, and uh, yeah. It, yeah, it, it was it was it was the craziest experience of my life. I honestly think the second SEMA was crazier for, yeah, for me. With <laughs> we almost did like a, like a world a world tour with the car. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be pretty hard to one up uh, the the tread pass. That's like if you're building a car. I mean, there's a couple of booths that you want to be in, and the tread pass is definitely one of them. So, first time going to SEMA and being in the tread pass, that was. I, I honestly didn't think I was going to go back to SEMA just because I was kind of like, well, what what booth would I be in? You know what I mean? Yeah. In like cars that go to SEMA for the second year typically don't – you like downgrade your booth. You don't really like upgrade. Right, right, right. And then Holly's a great partner of mine, and, you know, they asked me to be in the booth. they like, you know, we we want to do less product on – we want we want more product in – we want more cars with our product in it. Then we want just product on shelves yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So they they did an insane booth, um, and I was really lucky to you know to be a part of that. Yeah, that's nuts. And when you, according to S3 Magazine, the magazine that we run, <laughs> uh, the article said so. When you got that car, you kind of pulled the trigger, right? Like you were there, and you're like, I'm gonna buy it. You got it home, realized, like, what was it? Was it Rusty or there was something that was kind of compromising your plans? Rusty would have been ideal. <laughs> okay, I, so it was Rust, right? So a lot of the reason <laughs> it's, it's... I got rot. I would have loved to have a Rusty car. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I guess the point is the reason it's as wild as it is and as one-off as it is and probably the reason it got to SEMA was because of that setback. Because didn't you just kind of like throw your tool at the ground and be like, dang it, and then kind of have this epiphany where you're like, all right, this sucks. It's rotted out. This is not ideal, but we're going to deal with it. We're going to make it better. We're going to cut out whatever we need to cut out and strengthen whatever we need to strengthen and just deal with it, right? Yeah, so, I mean, if I had it my way from the from the get-go, um, I, I really just wanted a 240Z. I just wanted to do an LS swap coilover suspension uh you know slicks just something to literally to just go to the track and you know have fun not to do any serious racing with or anything like that and then um you know i built you know pre-runner trucks before i built yeah i've built a lot of other other things before i've never i've never and you know been import guy forever but uh, i've never owned a classic car before i had a range rover classic which was a whole nother nightmare but i had my uh uh taste of rot um so if you (laughs) 
any Range Rover, Land Rover guys out there, you know what I'm talking about. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I got the Z, you know, I did the old knock test all over it. And, you know, it's like, yeah, it's got some spots on it. You know, it's pretty, you know, but it's a 1100 bucks. And this was right before the 240Z like boom went, right? Like yeah. this was, this was like a year before it went off. And then um, we get it back to the house and then uh, just kind of my, like, my style for everything's always been like I like I have expensive taste, but I always buy the cheapest version I can, do my thing, put my hard work into it, and then I you know end up with something nice. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people don't really see that; they just see the the nice part of it. But right. anyway, so I get the car back, and then I start taking fenders and stuff off because I you know I want to like uh, you know spray the car and you know line the. Yeah. Anyways, just want to take it apart and see what I'm working with and. Um, and just every time I took something off, it was just like, oh, this, this mm-hmm. is a nightmare, you know, and I just kept taking parts off and off and, and, uh, it, it was pretty bad and I, I knew, I knew it was pretty rough, but, um, I just got to a point where I found so much like Bondo on the car that a buddy of mine who owns like a sandblasting company, he's like, well, sandblasted, let's get a fresh start on it. Right. So we got this thing fully stripped down and then we, we sent it off. I send off a nice shiny yellow car and I get back uh, a phone call, and he goes, uh, "This is right when Mad Max was coming out. I remember this vividly." And then <laughs> he goes, "He says, Sean, have you seen Mad Max yet?'" I said, "Nope." He's like, "You got a perfect movie car." And then I'm like, well, <laughs> "I'm like, what do you mean?" He's like, "This thing, just toss it. It's it's no good." So I get there, give him 300 bucks for blasting the car, load it up, and then I just take it back to the house, and it's the the worst shit you've ever seen in your life. It's it's like galvanized sheet wood screwed over top of the most oh, gnarliest no. stuff oh, oh no it's crazy it's it's the craziest <laughs> stuff i've ever seen and it was just it was just so bad and then you know i just it just sat on this dolly that i made for it and i think i didn't touch it for like six months and i you know i wanted to do something with it but it was just like it's just too much you know like it's too much to restore right yeah. and then uh, i was getting out of two-wheeled racing and you know one of the things i always wanted to do was race uh, pikes peak on two wheels and it just kind of never lined up to do it and i think one day i went out in the shop and i was like we're gonna build pikes peak car and so i just cut a bunch of shit off of it and there you go really? i'm just picturing wow. this like the arms of the angels yeah. For eleven hundred dollars, you can save a Z today. Oh my goodness! Some people say I ruined that car, but I mean, I really did. There's not much of the car left. I, I would, I'd be honest. There's, I don't know. There's probably, you know, less than five percent of the the original car. Uh, it was that bad. I mean, it literally kept the good stuff. Yeah. Um, Were the suspension mounting points solid or? Nope. Was that? Nothing. So the, <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, that's so, amazing that you stuck with it at that point. Yeah, so uh, basically, what's left of the car is the um, like the bulkhead part of it, not the firewall. So the bulkhead and what the doors hang on, um, okay. the uh, the um, the door sill just where the the doors close on the hinge part, or I'm sorry, the um, the striker. Yeah, the striker. Yeah. Um, the A pillar, which I had to rebuild most of them, and then basically. Just like three quarters of an inch around all of the body lines that I fixed most of that just to attach the carbon body to. That is it. Oh my gosh. What's the total weight? I didn't see that in the article. Maybe I missed it, but what's what's the car weigh? So originally when we weighed the car, we were at like twenty six fifty wet with me in it. Okay. Mm. So what motor is in there? So uh, just like everything is, um, you know, my, my thing is I buy something cheap because I can't afford an LS7, you know, or an LS6 right. or whatever it is, a crate motor. Um, so uh, a co-worker of mine was like, yeah, I've got this old, you know, uh, 5.3 engine, you know, 300 bucks. You can have it. And okay. I was just like, okay, that's a good placeholder. Put it in there. I can build a car and, you know. And yeah. come to find out, it's an L33, so it's an aluminum 5.3 high compression motor, um, and they make good horsepower. You know what I mean? And come to find out that I got myself a little gym, you know, 350 wow. bucks. Now what I got does that? A- I'm not. I don't know much about LS really, but like, what does that come out of? What kind of vehicle? It comes out of a uh, very like specific and rare like Equinox. 
or okay. uh, but more likely that comes out of a, a Z71. So okay. it's out of a 2015, most likely a 2015 uh, Z71. Okay. Hell so yeah. It's, so it's a all aluminum motor, flat top yeah. piston. So, um, and then I had the head sent out, poured and polished. We got a stage three Brian Tooley cam in it. Uh, valves, you know, it's besides the rotating assembly, it's it's a built motor. Um, okay. Probably How makes it? probably 450 now. Nice. What? So how? Since Holly, you know, Holly helps you all out, and Holly's awesome, and Blaine's awesome over there. What kind of Blaine's, Holly stuff? Blaine's my dude. Blaine, yeah. <laughs> Blaine is. Who just had his second child right now? First? Congrats to him. Crazy. Oh, is his first? Yeah. Okay, I'm thinking about right? somebody else now. Yeah, first time. I, I think it's his first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. Yeah. So, what kind of Holly? What What's it running? What's it got as far as okay. Holly goodness? Um, so we're, uh, so Holly is a parent group, uh, company for, you know, MSD, a bunch of other right. things. So we're running the, um, MS, yeah. So we're running the, uh, Everything. MSD atomic. Yeah. Air, uh, air force, um, intake. Um, uh, and man, it, that thing is the, the most powerful intake manifold on, on the market for LS motors, especially NAs. Um, mm -hmm. it just makes, it's very complex inside and it's modular. It's really, really cool. Um, we are running the, uh, um, dominator. Uh, ECU, and then we're yeah. running the 13 and a half inch Pro Dash, um, yeah, and a bunch of other you know Earl's you know parts and stuff like that. A bunch of you know Holly parent, uh, Holly group stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's I mean, it's way faster. Like people think like oh 450 horsepower. That's you know that's normal. You know for you know civic nowadays, but right, it weighs <laughs> it weighs 2600 pounds with me in it. I mean it yeah. it it is scary fast to drive <laughs> and then not not to mention it's extremely aero heavy it's i mean i guess it's as close as a big go-kart as you can get i mean yeah. it's yeah. super super grippy there there's nothing like you can drive to prepare for this thing it's mm. you know like you're, i guess what you're spring rates? I, what spring rates are you running so i'm running um uh bc racing zr three-way coilovers with Swift okay. Springs, I need to double check what we have on the car now, but uh, it's it's a pretty stiff setup. I mean, it's there's a lot of arrow um, on the car, and uh, I guess as far as the suspension goes, um, one of the things about a 240Z that's not very good is the suspension on the car. Um, so we, uh, I, well, I decided to run S13 uh, based suspension, so it's got 240SX based suspension underneath it. There's okay, nothing okay. that's there's nothing factory except for the subframes that have been, you know, welded and braced up and stuff like that. But um, that's so that's why. So it's S13 front and rear. Yep. Okay. Oh that's wow, cool. that's cool. So that's what gives it its its width. Um, obviously, yeah. it's got some big wheels and tires, but um, yeah, that's kind of you know you can see the the width of the two the two cars. Um, see. And um, this is you... the good thing that happens when you buy just a totally clapped out ride yeah. car. <laughs> Yeah. Is that you can just do whatever. You got to get creative. With enough determination, <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's what less do you got fear of cutting, you know? Well, what do you got stopping all of that? Because I've seen this thing get up and go, and I've seen you like sort of lose it on the back end sometimes on some turns. <laughs> what do you got stopping them? Yeah. So, uh, one thing when we went to the track, um, I had a, um, I've got no allegiance to him, but I had a Willwood setup of just an off the shelf uh, S13 kit. And um, I'll be honest, it's great for a street car, but yeah. it's not good for a car that's got, you know, 295s up front <laughs> and, um, you know, tons of aero and, and stuff like that. I don't think the, you know, knock, no knock to them. Engineers weren't designing it when they thought of a, you know, S13 like that. So, yeah. Right. Uh, just didn't have enough, I feel like, clamping force and um, yeah. it's axial mounted. So you get yeah. some, you get some deflection, you know, under really hard braking. So again, no knock to them, but right. uh, this car really needed a serious brake package uh, on, okay. under it. So um, we're running at the StopTech Trophy Kit. So it's a massive brake setup in the front, and uh -huh. um, we're running a Z32, so 300 ZX twin turbo uh, rear setup, um, and then front and rear we're running G-Lock pads. Okay. So we're, we're strapped up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one of the most interesting things is like. Uh, when I first talked to you about this thing is anytime you needed to do something with it or you needed to fix something, 
you would learn how to do that or, or you would you would do it from your own skill and if you didn't know it you would stop building um learn that whatever skill and then do your best to it how often did that happen and, and where did you need that the most so that like uh so that's like a kind of a question I get from like, you know, people on just random guys on Instagram. Hey, I'm building a car. How did you build a full car by body or something like right, that? Right, right, right. And like what I tell everybody is like, this has been a process for me for years. You know, I've been wrenching since I was, you know, a little kid, you know what I mean? Right. And, you know, I, I think I built my first, you know, three, you know, you know, my, my first V8 when I was 15 years old with my dad and we completely tore really? motor, put it all back together. And, you know, stick welding and you know a bunch of crappy welding and stuff like that but you know like what i tell people is like don't start with this you know what i mean like if you want to pick up a welder and you want to build a tube chassis don't you sh you don't learn how to weld on a on a chassis make a crappy bumper for your truck and then make yeah, it yeah. a right. less crappy bumper for your friend or something like that and yeah so it definitely you know for me is you know it like you know one thing i didn't wasn't very proficient with is you know tig welding when i started this car so i bought a tig welder and like i made like a fishing pole rack for my buddy you know for his boat and some other stuff to kind of like you know get used to it but like the quality that i wanted on the car is not something i wanted to start with you know what i mean right, like okay. i want i wanted i wanted the finished product to be you know uh to be to rock solid i, I am literally putting myself in this thing that i built in a garage so yeah. like that's something that weigh, weighs on right. me quite a bit is you know the safety of the car and you know like if if I don't trust my skill now I'm I'm not going to put it on the car. Right, right. That's why. And so all the carbon fiber work did you do that yourself or where does that play? In? Did you did you have experience in that before? Yeah, so years and years ago, I used to work. Uh, another long story we'll make short. Uh, I worked at a Ducati dealership, and um, you know, I've been two wheeled racing my whole life, and uh, I was just always surprised how much carbon fiber parts cost. It was uh -huh. crazy. And at a, and if you work at a Ducati dealership, the wall is nothing but carbon fiber parts for Ducati. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was just like, man, that's crazy. Like what our cost is on these things, and like what the retail is on it. And I was just like, huh. and then I did a little bit of Google, and I'm like carbon fiber is not expensive you know what i mean like if you just google a fabric you know i didn't know much about it and then right. so it's like well i'll buy some carbon fiber so like i and this was like way before like you this was a black art there wasn't <laughs> any like tutorials on how to do it so i bought the material show it shows up and it's just fabric and i'm like how do you make this hard like rigid and so <laughs> right so like a bunch easy of, bake uh, oven right yeah so i did like a bunch of um you know, talking to the tech guy at, you know, a company called U.S. Composites in Florida, and I've been buying, you know, material from them for years, and, uh, you know, and, you know, it's like, oh, well, you need this resin. It, it was a mess, man. This, the, the first kind of couple of parts I made were just absolute trash, and then I got to a point where, uh, like, I would actually make a part and be, like, proud of it to be on my bike or my race bike or something like that, and then, you know, some friends, you know, this is just, like, how any business starts is mm -hmm. next thing you know, you're making stuff for your friends, and then, you, you know, your friends are buying stuff from you and stuff like that, um, and then I turned it into a business, and, you know, part of owning a business is, is that that passion that I started out with, you end up it's you lose that because now all you do is make stuff for other people yeah and so um i kind of got out you know you know making things that i want I, I got to do some really cool stuff i made you know stuff for moto gp bikes a uh, bunch of really you know stuff for factory yamaha and suzuki racing and th Dude, that was really, so really cool yeah and i was young i was 24 making you know you know moto gp parts and stuff like that and um but did you have an autoclave or like where where did you bake all this stuff? Like how did you? Because isn't that uh, a big part of the process? I mean, excuse me. It my can be. But, that's one of the yeah. like the misleading things about carbon fiber. We we look at F1 cars and yeah. they you know spend a bazillion dollars that and that's how you have to make them and it's not right. It's um, there's so many other ways of you know it's like welding. How many different welders are there? How many? What yeah. process do you use for this type of material and stuff like huh. that? So, uh, you can use an autoclave, but like all of you guys starting out, you don't need that. You know what I mean? Like the difference between an autoclaved part and a vacuum infusion part is we're talking ounces and it's, it's just not something that's needed. Um, yeah. but yeah, so, uh, anyways, got to end up having a client and then, uh, of mine and then gave me a job offer and I started, you know, working for him and, you know, uh, so 
I was burnt out with carbon fiber. I really didn't want to do anything carbon fiber at all for a while. Did it for you know, five, six years, and you know, I had I ended up kind of going to a desk job, and it was nice to, you know, not come home. Yeah, you know, I would yeah. take showers in the morning as opposed to taking showers at night. So that was yeah, a little, okay. a little nice. And then uh, I got the Z, and um, you know, I, I was like, you know, I still did carbon fiber parts here and there, but nothing crazy. And you know, like I never. Okay, so the the point to all this is that I never really got to do anything for myself when I owned a carbon fiber my carbon mm. fiber business. Okay, and so I thought, well, the Z is a perfect. I've got time. I'm, you know, fortunately, I have the funds to kind of you know to float it. So I wanted to just do the very best I possibly could and make you know the best quality parts I possibly could on my own. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm really proud of the carbon work on the Z. It, it's dude, really you should be. I took about a hundred pictures of that car uh, <laughs> at, at SEMA, and I, I can't. I'm tripping over this story because I just think, particularly the Toyo booth in 2018, I just felt like every car that Toyo, Toyo brought to SEMA was like, I mean, blew my mind. It just was like, then there was this car, then there was this car, then there was this car. And they your killed car, it. 18 was crazy. That wrapped car, yeah. When you see a full so carbon nice. car, like half the time I'm looking to see, like, you know, did they use, you know, Avery Dennison wrap, <laughs> right, you know, right, yeah. cover, cover in your car. I mean, it was like unbelievably high level of workmanship, particularly in the carbon. So the fact that you made that all yourself, which I, you know, didn't know at the time and is, is honestly kind of blowing my mind even more now talking to you. I mean, it is, I mean, the workmanship, bro. I mean, it, it, I, it is, I would I almost be afraid it. to drive it. On the racetrack because you know, like that's a problem for stuff sure. up. You know, yeah. it's like well, and I, I think that's a problem that you run into is the car's so nice that people don't realize that you are there to kind of beat on it. That you was know? a problem with uh, Toyo it, uh, with the tread pass. Not the problem with Toyo, but with the tread pass is that people seeing it for the first time. <clears throat> I mean, it's got a couple of little bangs and bruises. That that being said, the car's still really in nice shape. Um, but I mean, it was mint. And uh, it people didn't understand that it was a race car. Yeah, yeah, they didn't buy it. No, it's like, <laughs> what, what, what's the next car show for? Like, the next thing is the racetrack. Yeah. yeah. So, Ciao. all right. So, first of all, I have two questions. One, what do you do uh, for a living now? Is it car related? What are you doing? Uh, recently it is. So, um, I worked in the professional audio market for six years and, um, I really liked it and, uh, yeah, but I got some other opportunities to do some consulting for myself. Uh, we worked with some consultants and I just was surprised what we paid them. And then, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's great, man. It, it's, uh, being a consulting, uh, has really like allowed me to be a lot more flexible and yeah. so what I do is help people run their businesses. I mean, a lot of people are on that threshold of, you know, for example, I work with companies that are typically approaching a million dollars in sales. And um, that's where they're like, we're doing really good. We're, we, we just, you know, we started this business, but we don't have any, um, you know, knowledge of like how to run a, you know, not saying a professional business, but a lot of the ins and outs of, you know, having, you know, you know, the meat and potatoes of what really successful businesses have. And so um, I come in and help them out and, you know, grow their business and take it to the next level type thing. That's great because um, we have no idea how to run a business professionally. Yeah. Maybe we can swap <laughs> some. Yeah. <laughs> we can swap some exposure yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. <laughs> some advice. We'll get yeah, it one day. Um, it's, uh, it, for me, it just, I think that, that you know, I really like running businesses. I think there's, um, there's, I, I get a lot of, uh, like, you know, joy out of seeing something that you know started off small and then see where it's at now. And, um, yeah. you know, my yeah. newest venture, I, I'm still, you know, doing consulting with a couple of businesses, but um, recently uh, we're bringing on uh, Aftermarket Industries, which is, uh, oh, yeah. do you know who that they are? No, no, I thought you meant you're bringing on Aftermarket Industries, like industries yeah, so, from the aftermarket. Yeah, well, kind of. So, um, okay. Aftermarket Industries is an Australian brand, and basically, they own the high-performance fuel industry over there. So, um, I think they, the you know, past three years, every time attack challenge or world time attack car over there is running their fuel system, 
and uh, there were uh, a, you know one of my clients and you know we're looking to he's like we've been kicking around U.S. distribution so uh, yeah now I'm uh, I guess uh, president of North America for uh, fueled by uh, AI so oh yeah nice yeah. man yeah so it's, uh, appreciate it yeah so we're gonna kick ass and take names like we do in Australia over here. Yeah. Sweet. Um, the other question I was I was just wondering is like where, like with the with the racing or the driving or the time attack or whatever the hell you want to call it. Like, what's the end goal there? Like, what do you want to do with that car? Like, where you know, like how far do you want to take it? And you. So, so the the end goal for the car was um, is Pikes Peak. I want to run the car uh, in Pikes Peak, and um, the story of that is is. Uh, last year, um, we, you know, we got, you know, the car running and driving. We did our first global time attack uh, race where we podiumed and uh, pro comp class. And, you know, it, it was great. And then um, I applied to race Pikes Peak and they say, Sean, you want to come race a motorcycle? Great. But for a car, you're, you don't have as much experience as, you know, as we're looking for. Mm -hmm. And that was a, a pretty big bummer. You know what I mean? I spent four years building this car, got to the point where we raced it got to road atlanta you know the car did well and then to hear that you know we weren't ready yet for pike's peak and that was that was a pretty big bummer and um so you know we went to work and got some more uh races on our our belt and then um you know reapplied last year for this year and we got accepted uh which is you know great they only i, I believe they only added three more drivers so uh, I'm one of the three, which is close my mind. But uh, yes, and then um, so yeah, that's uh, that's where we're. The end goal was Pikes Peak, and that's that's where we're we're approaching. So oh, I'd yeah. like to, I'd awesome. like to do a World Time Attack Challenge in the car. That would be like another bucket list. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I was about to ask because Pikes Peak's gonna be here before you know it. Okay. Yeah, so like, what's after that? Then? I think yeah. it's. I think it's 95 days. So yeah. <laughs> Speaking why. of things that hopefully hopefully happen, what do you think uh, is going to happen with SEMA this year? Is it you think it's going to go down, or you think they're going to cancel it, or you think? I don't know. I mean, it's um. Uh, I'm personally looking to go to PRI for Field by AI. Yeah. Um, okay. But uh, SEMA, I don't know. I mean, I guess they won't have uh, the um, casinos open, maybe. I don't know. It might. I don't I'm know. not gonna miss the smell of cigarettes. Yeah. No. I'll be. I'm fine. looking. I'm looking <laughs> forward to uh, to next year. Okay. Right. Right. Because we're. Oh, I'm hoping to have uh, maybe maybe do this all over again. Okay. Yeah. That'd be cool. What's the next car? Uh, secret. No, I mean we we can talk about the the next build is um I always thought like the the reason why I picked the Z is I always thought it was an iconic shape. I mean you see this silhouette right. 240Z, you know exactly what it is. You know it's exactly. an S30 chest. So um, you know one the other car that just sticks in my brain of an iconic car is a uh, uh, BMW 2002. So ooh okay. You doing wide? So, you going wide? We're going real wide, so I <laughs> it's gonna be a yeah. square. Here it comes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna so, do that uh, thirteen-inch wide square wheels. Yeah. So uh, the you know the plan is um, you know we're we're actually gonna pick it up tomorrow. It's a seventy-four BMW oh, two thousand two. Wow. Yeah, it's uh it's oh, wow. pretty rough, um, but not nearly as bad as as the Z. We don't need to do a full tube chassis, but you know we'll do <laughs> a real serious cage in the car. Um, yeah, but it's gonna be another really wide powerful you know car they i use get those asked engines. all the time they use those engines for the formula one engines those things made like 1400 horsepower what with, with the, the motor that was in the yeah yeah they use the block uh because they were already stressed they bought back 200,000 mile blocks in the 80s from the from the 2002s and used those as the base for their 1.4 liter f1 engines what? check one of those things out on a dyno that could be you <laughs> so uh purists don't like me because i'm, I'm just... <laughs> it's getting at us that sounds uh, like a facebook page um <laughs> yeah, yeah purists like purists don't like me. Like me. <laughs> uh, yeah uh I'm, I'm probably i am 
like a practice. Uh, uh, I am practical when it comes to power plants. I want to be able to have the idea of something breaks and then go to AutoZone and get a part. Because yeah. that's right. the reality. For a real deal race car, I, mean, I would have loved to put a 2JZ in the Z or a, you know RB or something like that. But if I have yeah. a coil pack go bad or alternator, my weekend's done <clears throat> for, a, for a full mode. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm thinking like realistic for the 2002. We're probably going to do you know, an S2000 motor. Um, okay. They they fit in there really well. They make good horsepower, and you know if we break something, you know we don't you know lose a weekend for you know a part that I have to get from Japan or something. For sure, right? Like yeah. it, Germany, for that matter. Yeah, that it that that's awesome because the 2002 is kind of like my crush car. Like I've always thought they were super cool. I love. We that talk about it every. Part. Every podcast. Oh, either Wooly or I bring it up every Somebody. podcast. But you know what I mean? It's the car that has now gotten away from me. Like, I'm yeah. not going to spend the money to get one. I want one real bad, but I want one for $1,000. You know, well, it's for, like an air uh, air-cooled Porsche, right? I like, have yeah. one of those. And Do I was really? like, yes, because I got it before <laughs> right they got Before the Hopboy tags. Yeah, that's my whole that's my whole retirement is I buy thousand dollar cars and I hope that a couple of them get valuable. That's what I got going for. <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, that's a 2002 is the one, yeah. it's the one that's gotten away. Like, I don't think I'll ever be able to own one and I've always had such a crush on them. I don't know if y'all have cars like that, you know, yeah, that just kind of sure. slipped through man. they're just damn yeah. gone. There's so, definitely some cars that I wish I could um, have again or, uh, yeah, that, uh, that I would like. I mean, it's just like, I mean, I'm sure we could all say that, you know, MK4 Supra or RX-7 like, I, or NSX. Those are unobtainable yeah. now. They're, they just cost too much. And yeah. and now they're, yeah. It's, I mean, probably so, get to a value to where you're like, I mean, they're cool, but they're just not worth that 40 grand for but they uh, they are i'm not saying that you're wrong for buying one but like our head as tuners is like yeah you just get a lot of stuff for forty thousand dollars. i'm cool that's the problem bank account's not cool with it right i mean the only way you know the only way like you can really justify the price tag on nsx is if it holds a sentimental you know value that you just can't put a you know price on or something like that but um yeah i don't know the 2002 yeah, me and my chick, we're gonna uh, build uh, build this kind of car together. So I'm gonna get her involved in it, and you know, um, she's actually pretty good at welding. So you know, we've we've oh. done a couple things together, and uh, yeah, she's taken a liking to to the 2002. Oh. So we're gonna nice. let her do some stylistic things. She's a really good interior designer, and um, so you know, that's kind of where the you know the the workshop is Hell yeah. too nice too nice to be a workshop, but because <laughs> of her. You know I mean, it's uh oh. It's, What's you? You guys are also restoring an RV or something? I've got a couple things going on. Yeah. <laughs> so is this? So and the other reason that's I just ran it past your Instagram, um, and you guys are like completely rebuilt the inside of an RV, right? Yeah. So uh, we're um, we bought some property in Mount Dora, Florida, and uh, we're um, gonna we're building a house there now, mm-hmm. and. Um, it's kind of tricky when you're building a house because you don't have a house to live in. So, um, <laughs> so we're like, okay, we'll buy a fifth wheel. Uh, we're, you know, and kind of while the house being built, we'll, uh, you know, we'll buy a fifth wheel trailer. We're going to go up to um, Pikes Peak and maybe stay up there for a month, you know, while the house is being built, something like that. And then, um, you know, she follows a lot of chicks on Instagram that like take these RVs, you know, five, six thousand dollars, completely remodel everything on the inside and then flip them for 40. And I was like, man, that's. <laughs> That's a pretty rad side hustle, you know what I mean? That sounds like so, a TV show for you two. Right. <laughs> it sounds like I you mean, guys got the skills, yeah, to do something. And, you know, and like, I'm just the install guy is what I, you know, what I call it. But, I mean, she really has a great eye for design and, you know, like, uh, you know, she's done a fantastic job with making this $6,000 RV. You would not know you're in an RV. It's got everything that a house has and you you wouldn't know uh, if you were inside, if that's your That's killer. I thought that was wild. Um, switch gears a little bit. What did you? So, what what kind of cars have you had in the past? Like, what got you? Yeah, let's talk about that this? Range Rover. That Range Rover some more. 
<laughs> so my first car was a uh, 89 CRX SI and I hey. my parents. Yeah. Hey. So uh yeah, so I tricked I my to parents. have that air horn ready for these yeah, moments. Right? <laughs> right, right, right. So uh I tricked my parents and uh, like, you know, thinking I get a little Civic and you know, now Civic SI so slow. But then, you know, you know, being 16, uh, you know, I think it was a rad little car. And um then I uh so I had an 89 CRXSI, and then I got, I think it was a 90 or 91 um, hatch SI. So okay. I don't know how I lucked out with getting two SIs. That was not planned. I didn't even know what an SI was SI was when I first got the CRX. It just really? so happened. Yeah, it was a uh, you know, yellow <clears throat> SI. And then, oh, um, man, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And then, so once I got into it, then I wanted a hatch, and then I got a uh, red uh, SI hatch. Um, and then I ended up getting a EG, you know, and doing a big all motor build. And so I was a Honda guy for a little bit. And then, um, then I got into motorcycles for a while. Didn't really do too much cool car stuff. And then I built a, uh, uh, Mazda B2300 pre-runner. So, okay. put, you know, mm. it's basically a Ranger. So I did yeah. like a, you know, uh, cutting the length, you know, uh, I-beam kit on it. So, it, you know stupid wide truck and jumped it and stuff like that it was, it was fun it was a fun little truck <laughs> and then uh yeah sold it made some money on it and then uh buddy of mine was kind of into range rovers and land rovers and as you know yeah right <laughs> and i saw a uh a, a night is it what's the last year that 95 95 so i've, I've got classic, a 90 yeah. 95 classic bought in tallahassee um yeah, it's a nice little truck, and then uh, just like everything nice that I buy, I chop it up and make it mine. <laughs> and so I turned it into kind of like a rock crawler truck. And nice. Yeah, that was that was a really fun um, truck. I mean, it was it was cool. I, that's one of the ones I'd like to have back. I really love those, and I sold all mine, and I'm now I'm depressed because they're like twenty five <laughs> grand. Right. <laughs> so I, I had mine on it, dude. Some guy on Instagram hit me up and was like, "I, I want to buy that truck." I was like, okay. Like I never talked to this guy before, and he's like, "If my dad sends you a check, will you sell it to me?" I'm like, "Okay, oh, you're right." Man. And so then his dad calls me and he's like, "My son wants your truck," and oh, um, my God. and he's like, "Wow." He's like, it's, "Where do I send the cashier's check to?" And and I'm like, "You haven't even told me what I want for it." He's like, "My son must have it." So I told him a price, sent the check, and then a semi came and picked it up like a couple days later. I was saying, "Yeah, that's oh, pretty that's bad." That's so good. I love it. Yeah, yeah. That's how I sold my Instagram sold my Lotus for me that way. So nice. I, I don't feel know, you on yeah, that. I don't know if you ever saw the the Lotus with the gold 1552s on it. It was in the magazine, but it's what? also been all over. Was the it internet. white? No, no it was black. black. Oh. Um, but uh, I might be telling the story wrong, but whatever. I'm gonna romanticize it. But basically, some dude walked up to him and was like, "I'm buying your car." You know, it was one of those things. Right. Like, wait, pretty much. I don't, think I'm, I don't think I'm selling it. And he was and like, then no, he no, showed no. up. He showed up in a Bugatti yeah. Chiron, and I knew he was serious. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you are buying my car. <laughs> yeah. So uh, after the Range Rover, I um, I really liked my pre-runner that I built. I had a lot of fun. Like that was a really fun daily driver. Um, but like it was a Ranger, so it's slow. You know. Yeah. And so um, I got. <laughs> yeah they suck yeah uh, so i got a um a frontier like a nismo frontier and um yeah i got it i want to do some stuff to it and i was like nah, i'm gonna keep this one stuck and then like famous last and then words three weeks later i had fiberglass fenders showing up 37s <laughs> like a full long travel <laughs> kit for it but that was that truck really helped me with the z because um everything prior to that like you know welding was good but i really wanted to make a really nice truck and um i think you know my frontier was a really really nice truck i mean it i did some rally stuff out of the firm um and the, like uh you know i did a track day there and like i was i was messing up the track a little bit you know and they're like i was like i'm just gonna end it for the day like no that thing's super rad super fast just keep doing your thing all day long <laughs> I was real proud of that truck. I, you know, did like a full bed cage in it, made all my own bumper, all the fabrication work I did on that. And, you know, part of the goal with that is I wanted to do really nice, really nice fabrication work on that truck. And I'm, I'm really happy the way that it turned out. 
Um, but it really set up a lot of tube work and uh, chassis work to be able to do the you know the tube chassis on the Z. So. And how'd you get rid of that one? Or do you still have it? Sold it. You know, put it on Craigslist, and yeah, didn't just got exactly what I wanted for. It was great. A, a real deal pre-runner truck in Florida. Apparently, it's a high-demand vehicle. Yeah, <laughs> that's sick. Um, I always preach in the magazine that a Honda is a totally unique and awesome. And when I say a Honda, I mean like a swapped hatchback. You know, with VTEC Honda is such a unique and at any price point type of car to drive, uh, whether it's on the street or as a, you know, track car, weekend track car or whatever. Um, so it was literally up for me. It was between a BMW 2002 and an EG. Okay. Cause I was going to say, dude, be honest. Don't just agree with me, but like, <laughs> okay, you started with Honda, then other car, other car, and you've climbed the ladders or so to speak or whatever. Yeah. Like, do you ever miss, or want to go I, back to just a screaming, rattly, you know, okay. 9,000 like, RPM Honda. I am actually worried that, like, I'm going to wait too long and an EG, like, will be out of my grasp. You know what I mean? Like, it's just <laughs> going to be your 2002 BMW. <laughs> right. They're going to be either so rotten or so valuable that you won't even be able to get one. Like, that's yeah. my fear. It's coming. And I, re I really have a fear that, like, I only have so many more cars to build left in my life. Which cars do I pick? You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And I, I've never I, had that thought. That's scary. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Lizzie's one of them. 2002 is one of them. But I like, I really want an EG. I mean, I've, I, I don't, I don't even think it was a thing yet, but I always wanted a, you know, S2000 rear wheel drive EG. Like that's, yeah. I guess kind of a dream car is silly yeah. as shit, but you know, I mean, that's, yeah, I, I, I love that. Well, see, that's man, I, had I, that's the, I don't even know how I afforded this shit, man. When I had my EG, I think I was 18 or 19. I had like so much like JDM parts in it. I mean, I had like the plastic headlights. I had all the Division Street yeah. corners. Like I had the you know the fold down flat you know plastic back seats. It was, you know, I mean, like I had all of that shit. I don't know how I, I afforded any that. of it. I mean, Not but, report it. how did you source like where the internet was? How could I, you source all that? A guy named in Tallahassee, a guy named Tom somehow had all this shit. I, you know, oh, man. Sure. <laughs> so I, I bought it from him and like I had real spoon mirrors on it and like shout out I, I to Tom. Now, yeah, yeah, shout out Tom. Tom was the plug, man. And then uh, I, I remember I had my motor, I had an LS motor um, in it. It was built. You know, but it was all Honda. That was the cool thing about Hondas is like you could hodgepodge a built yeah. motor with like all factory stuff. So it was an LS motor, uh, a big cams, all that shit. Um, but one of the cool things I did with it, I felt like at the time that you know this was like, this was probably like 2002. So there were, there was no like YouTube videos on how to do all right, this right. shit. And then uh, do you remember uh, Chrome? You know, you flash your computer with Chrome. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that shit, but no, that, was, that was was what you had. That was your like, you know, uh, what you know, your flash tune back there. Some dude in your town had Chrome downloaded on it. <laughs> I get, that. Tune your shit, but um, oh my God. yeah, I had a I had danger to manifold. GSXR one thousand throttle bodies welded to like um, you know, uh, OEM manifold. So I had ITBs back in the day. It was, it was that oh little EG. Yeah, Dang, that was a fun little car. Good. Because, see, that's my prediction right there is, like, we all started with Hondas. Then we all climbed the ranks, so to speak, and got other cars. And then as our generation gets older, it's going to be one of those things where you go, and, and they made millions of them, right? So it's never been a thing. I can go to the pizza shop now, and I'll pass three of them on the way. Yeah, until it's but a like, thing. Yeah, it's going to be a thing. Yeah, 50,000 rusted out. Yeah, that's what I mean. All of a sudden, everything. All of a sudden, well, our the, whole that Type R that sold for sixty grand—that oh, yeah. that's going to get us all. That that thing. <clears throat> well, yeah, that's what I mean. All of a sudden, our our whole generation is going to within a year be like, "Damn, man, I just miss a raw, simple, cheap to build, cheap on consumables Honda that yeah. revs real loud and vibrates, and I can go drive it when I'm by myself and have a great time, you know." And then we're all going to turn around and look for an EG and be like. Well, $50,000. $50, they either, either <laughs> yeah. rotted I mean, or I don't know when the last yeah. time I saw an EG hatch on the street. I, I can't remember the last time I saw one. And if it was, it was riced out. Like, I don't I do not do stock ones exist. 
Yeah, I, I had a I, dude. Yesterday, I, dude I saw a bone stock S13 hatch. It was bone stock. It was just driving around, and some lady like, was just driving it. I was like, <laughs> right. I was like, is there? Is this the only S13 in existence? Lady, cut the she bought this thing. car. Too. It's been her daily driver. Yeah, said she bought it when she. I was had four- a guy bring one to my detail shop, and it's uh, he sold it three weeks later for twenty five thousand dollars. What was it? What EG hatch? Just just the EG hatch, white. It was you found some old lady uh, that owned it. It was pretty much perfect. Had one hundred and three thousand miles. And uh, oh. he got he got big money from it locally. He didn't even he was gonna put it on bring a trailer, but Crazy. T- tons that, of freaking that's Gen X. A lot. That's a lot he, of money. Gen <laughs> X guys were knocking down his doors. So, well, I was about well, to ask you since you're like the car, you know, whatever flipper collector connoisseur. Like, do you really think that Honda yes. hatchbacks are gonna hit? Yeah, a, absolutely, man. A surge absolutely. like that. Yeah, I think last was it the last podcast somewhere where I was just talking about a buddy of mine sold a ninety thousand mile Type R for for fifty grand, not on bring a trailer, just just Crazy. out of his shop. I mean, it's it's crazy because here in Ohio they all rust out. So when mm-hmm. you find one that's mint, it's worth real like real money. Old old like Mark II Volkswagens and stuff like that too. It's they they aren't five thousand dollars anymore because they're either totally ratted and destroyed or perfect and and collectible you know i don't know it is it is a bummer because like if you want one you got to spend the money what color is the 2002 or get lucky it's gonna be and your honda will like you championship white nice Nice. with the honda motor i see what you did there i feel that's you should start the purist take me uh, Facebook page immediately. Yeah, for just they, for that uh, car. <laughs> just yeah. for that car. Yeah, that's. Cool. I mean, I always always loved championship white and never had you know, I mean that was you know growing up that you know Type R's were that you know I couldn't yeah. afford a Type R so that's uh, yeah, and I wanted. What about, okay, like you had to, let's pretend you have to get a new car five years old or newer. What would it be right now? Let's put like a fifty thousand dollar price limit on it, and all real world rules apply. So if you have kids, they have to fit them. You know what I mean? Like it has to fit your life. It has to work. I don't have kids. Um, okay. But fifty uh, k, man, I'm just like, like what would you start looking at on Auto Trader tonight if? You know, if I gave you like forty five thousand and said you, you said gotta, like four to five years old, though, right? I mean, it can be new or something that you could still buy at a dealership. You know, so let's okay. call it. You know five what? Years. One car we didn't talk about that I had is I had a um, uh, SRT eight Cherokee. Um, okay. Fourteen. I totally buy that car again. Okay. I bought that the Cherokee. It's like, oh, it's got, you know, 600 horsepower, whatever. And, uh, but it's got a tow hitch. We can, you know, tow a race car trailer. I did that once um, and got seven miles a gallon. So <laughs> that, that didn't work. And then yeah. I, got, I got a diesel truck. But, yeah, I mean, I would love to have that. That thing was rad. I mean, that was the yeah. SRT Cherokee was so nice inside. Yeah. I, mean, it, I mean, and then it, like, had all this adaptive cruise control. I mean, basically just steer it. it that was a really nice car. I, I would buy one of those again. That's cool. I've had one uh, as a press car. I've had with the SRT, and then I've had the Track or Trackhawk. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. wow. The Trackhawk nice. is freaking brutal. Man, <laughs> it is a sledgehammer. So like, what, like what, what a nice say. vehicle. Like just like on the inside, like everything's yeah, like. That's what I mean, man, but really, like you, really nice car. It was it was fun, and I drove it down to Orlando. Actually, we went down to Disney, and I too, without a trailer, was getting thirteen miles a gallon. But there's just something about rumbling down the interstate. Yes. Just waiting. Yeah. Just like, oh, had a, please cut me off so I have a reason <laughs> to use all this. So fun, man. I, uh, for a really long time, I got away from like fast cars because I, I got into a lot of a lot of trouble when I was younger. And then, you know, I got the SRT8, you know, a couple years ago. I was like, I'm more mature now. I'm, I got this. We can <laughs> now. The first day I was drag racing my buddy and got pulled over. The first day. <laughs> Well, you got this that is not an SRT, but when I got my Fiesta, my Fiesta ST, it was the same thing, man. I literally, it wasn't the first day I had it, but it was like the day I put the tag on it. 
and I pulled out of my neighborhood, like put the little registration in the glove box, pulled them, pulled out of my neighborhood and was ripping down. I live kind of out in the country, a little two-lane road, and a cop kind of came over the hill and was going the other way. And I was like, I wasn't looking at the speedometer and I was like, ooh, I might have been right there on the threshold. I wonder, and I looked and I threshold. see his Yeah, I, I see his brake lights and I'm like, oh, damn. So I pulled over. I'm already pulled over with my hand kind of out the window. And uh, uh, you've, been, you've been pulled over quite a bit with yeah, the no, yeah. hand out. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm already pulled over. So aware he, of that move. he just drives up behind me and gets out of the car. And I'm like, how bad was it? And he was like, dude, do you know how fast you were going? I was like, I really don't. I just got the car, and man, it was feeling good. You know, I was like, I know that. I was like, I know I saw you, and I thought I might have been going a little too fast. And he was like, 85. And it was like a 55 or whatever. And he was like, 85. And I was like, officer, I swear, you probably hear this, but I swear to you, I had no idea I was going that fast. He goes, I know, because you never <laughs> slowed down. It just 85 on my gauge as you went by. <laughs> And I was like, I am so sorry. And he ended up knocking it down to like 60 just because I was trying to be, you know. You didn't get that super speeder decal. He was like, Georgia. dude, know this as well. And at Georgia, we have super speeder. Um, Jesse knows. And yeah. And, uh, and yeah, he was like, dude, what are you doing? This is like super speeder territory. And I was like, I just put the tag on it, man. I, I pulled, I've used this Jeep excuse a few times actually, and it works. I'm like, Dude, I own a Jeep. Like, I just got this car. I do this <laughs> magazine, and I don't really know. And we're just kind of like got this. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and this, thing, this thing will get away from you, officer. And he was like, he's like, I know my wife's got a little car, and sometimes it does feel fast. Yeah, you know, just damn, watch out, man. Like, watch what you're doing. And so, yeah, he loved it. But anyway, I've had the similar experiences like that with a brand new car. And I was like. Damn, this isn't gonna be good. <laughs> like, I should not have gotten this little thing. Dangerous. But anyway, there's something about that Fiesta, dude. It just kind of, it's like, it's like a wave, man. And the little, the the little factory turbo is so small that you get like right on top of that boost, and it just kind of goes, and it just feels so good. You can't stop it. It you screams. Go, it makes you get it. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, that's my story. <laughs> What else we got? Any other questions, well, Jesse? We about wrapped up. I think Tim, we about covered it all. Any questions for our man Sean here? No, man. I really enjoyed this. I'm sad about the Range Rover, but uh, <laughs> other than that. Yeah, I cut that thing up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just sad you didn't keep it. Put some salt I'm on that one. Yeah. Can you guys hear him? I can't hear him. Nah. No, nah he's a robot. All... Matrix right over now. here. Yeah, he said something about Land Rover. I can't wait to see <laughs> no idea. All right, man. Well, Sean, where can people find you at? Um, pretty much only on Instagram. Uh, it's at Sean B twenty six, and then I've got it. <laughs> Is that funny, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. It's at Sean B twenty six on Instagram, and then I have a Facebook um, for the race race car page, attacking the clock racing on uh, Facebook. Awesome! And where can we see you next? What, what's the next event or Pikes Peak? We're getting we're gearing up for Pikes Peak right now. I got the car behind me. We're uh, putting awesome. air jacks on it. Got a couple of um, uh, cooling things that we're working on, and then uh, yeah, we're we're pretty much we're getting we're gearing up for testing at the firm. We got you know four dates scheduled. Dope. And then we've got some uh, dates scheduled for when we get to Pikes Peak at the road course that they have at Pikes Peak. And then we do you know, do testing um, at Pikes Peak itself. So, Awesome. What are you driving the daily right now? <laughs> I drive a, uh, a 17 uh, 2500, uh, a Ram 2500 diesel. Great. So Can't hate it. Pulls the fifth wheel. Yeah, pulls the fifth wheel and uh, pulls the, the. Dude, I've gone. Back and forth, uh, we you know went to the Hoonigans last year and did you know burn right. stuff like that. So, and then we did SEMA twice. That thing's a mo it's a good truck. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, so. it's just powerful. So it's it's <laughs> nice. I could stay out of trouble. <laughs> Should have done that instead of the Honda Pilot across. <laughs> yeah, for real. Well, cool. Well, we're S3 Magazine. We've got a magazine coming out. When's the next issue coming out, Willie? I know we keep saying it. Hell knows. <laughs> it
<laughs> it's at press. I'm blaming everything on Corona. <laughs> See, this is why we need you to be our consultant because I have a feeling you're going to tell me not to hang out at my pool all day, though, and I don't know. <laughs> you're going to be like, well, first things first. You got to no, like, see. I'm the muscle, right? You're the creative. I want you to do exactly what you do. Okay. I just handle, I just handle the business. Yes. See? Okay. All right. Well, that's what we need. We need somebody to handle our business. Um, <laughs> right. But anyway, uh, subscriptions, 20 bucks. They come with a dope shirt, you guys. It's not a cheap $2 shirt. It's a nice one. We lose our ass every time we get a subscription. It's, but, you know, we want you guys Sounds to... Sounds like a solid business model. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows it. <laughs> anyway, with that... I uh, hope you've enjoyed listening thus far, and uh, we'll see you when we see you.